I, I could never say, man, I hate this track because the track, it is what it is. It might not be my favorite, but I never wanted to hate it and complain and just focus on the negative because you have two choices, shut up and ride or don't ride. And it's the bottom line. If you're worried about how bad the track sucks, oh, man, this is going to shut up, stop whining, don't ride, or, or just get it on a go. Episode 33, Tank Slap Pod. Back at it, as always, co-hosting with Sneaky Sammy Sabedra. What's happening? Ah, uh, just... Pod life, man, back at it, dude. I just saw you on Saturday. Big, yeah. uh, big jobs at the local race, man. Yeah, Chris Kleinfelter Memorial Race. That was cool. Uh, I thought it was, uh, it was a, it was frigid, man. It like went from summer to it was forty degrees there that night. It felt <laughs> like it should have, could have been ten. You know what I mean? Felt the same thing. Yeah, I guess we'll touch upon that later on when we uh, get later on the show, but. Our guest for tonight actually is uh, Willie McCoy, dude. I'm I'm pretty amped up. Two-time Springfield Mile winner. It's the only vet rider I know that has won his first race as a vet rider. I think he was definitely over <laughs> 40 when he won. So, um, so we'll talk to him about that. I think he's the oldest first-time winner in the history of flat track. So, before we call Willie, I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors and make this show happen and. And keep it going every week, Bell Power Sports. Check out bellhelmets.com for their full line of products. Quality and safety is unmatched. If you start tank slapping, you want to be protected by Bell. Shout out Dunlop Tire. To find your nearest dealer, visit DunlopMotorcycleTires.com. Hit them up on social media. Tell them the boys from Tank Slapping sent you. Also, shout out to our sponsor from Over the Pond, Crowd Race Series. They have their next event this weekend, September 26th and 27th. In the town that I have trouble saying, North Hatst, <laughs> check them out. Their website, www.crowdrace.de, for more information. Crowd is spelled with a K. Also on Instagram, they post some really cool videos and photos of the action that takes place overseas. So if you're interested in what flat track looks like in Germany, Crowd Race, at Crowd Race. Send them a message and thank them for, uh, for sponsoring our show. And as well, Moto America Series. Check out MotoAmerica.com for more information on their series. They had Barbara this past weekend. It, it was really good race in action. And you can watch the action, MotoAmerica.com, Live Plus Packers. Check them out. They are the official AMA road racing series in the USA, led by 190-mile-an-hour superbikes. So we appreciate those sponsors for, for keeping this show going. And uh, much love, guys. Make sure you send them a message and thank them. So we'll talk to Willie. The dude's super insightful and, and, and get his thoughts on his racing career, life in general. I don't know what the hell we're going to talk about, but a lot there's a lot to lot to talk about with Willie McCoy for sure. Well, you know, you know Willie, man. He's he's got a lot to say, I'm sure. Let's call him up. All right, let's give Willie McCoy a call. Hello, Willie. Corey Texter, Sammy oh. Sebedra, man. How you doing? Man, I'm doing good. How are you guys? Doing all right, Willie. So, uh, wh- what's happening in Texas? I was just uh, sitting here in my van waiting for you guys to call, watching it starting to sprinkle, and I uh, just got off the phone with Kenny Talbert, see what them, those guys are doing out there. And So nothing too crazy right now, just taking it easy, really. Yeah, what's, uh, I mean, it's been a few years since you, you've uh, raced, you know, at the pro level. What was the, well, when did you hang it up? What was the last year you did, you raced a pro race? It was last year. 
No shit, no, wasn't it? Kidding. I was gonna say, I don't remember <laughs> no. the rules of that. I was like, what? That was, that was Ronnie Jones. Come on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you it thought was it was Ronnie 4th. Jones. Hell, Ronnie's still racing, isn't he? I guess Didn't they don't let him know. Yeah. He hasn't raced. It's because because of the new rules. I think they made him retire. Well, last year they did like a tribute video for him at the banquet. He's like, well, I guess that's my uh, cue that they want me to retire. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but what was it you're gonna say july 4th was the coin mile your last race dude yep july 4th 2015 last race okay and that I, and that was not ex- planned at all tell us about it how'd you finish i, I don't really remember uh, i don't remember that race for some reason you I were mean, in the I dash of, i remember you in the dash yeah i, was, I ran good um struggled early on in the day that day was track was kind of pretty rough early and I was struggling a lot. And then finally got it together. I think I battled with Bayer um, on that KTM. Um, and then made the trophy dash and was running with those guys and still kind of struggled. Then the main event, I didn't have it. I was just struggling. We're running up, we're running way high. I was thinking about Davey a lot that day and uh, and Rodney Ferris and those guys got killed there and just wasn't feeling very comfortable. And then uh, ended up dropping a valve in the front cylinder right at the finish line. I'd probably lap 10 or 12 or something and coast down the back straightaway and that was it that's crazy so you you weren't i guess we were we were going to talk about this later but i mean let's just bring it up now like what what made that decision for that to be your last race i mean what what was your initial game plan and then what kind of led you to that decision okay it's kind of funny actually my plan was always what well, i always thought thought when springfield cool see you later i'm done you know but you never know i, I didn't i never knew when i was going to retire I always prayed to the good Lord that he would let me decide when it was time to walk away. And, and that week after DeCoin, I'm laying there in bed trying to go to sleep, and uh, he keeps waking me up going, hey, you kept saying you wanted to make that decision. So I knew it was time. It was, I, I always thought, you know, maybe, you know, race Springfield, whatever, whatever, retire and just last race of the year, and I'm done. Um, so I never thought I'd ever quit before Springfield because I loved racing there. But once I said it, once I knew it and told my wife, I, I felt it. it was time. You know, I, I never wanted to say one more time, one more time. And everybody's like, man, you got to come out of retirement? Nope. I retired one time. I'll play around and have some fun. But I'm not – dude, you guys know how tough it is to get up there and race against you guys, and especially when guys are racing every weekend. You got to – it takes a lot to to be up there and perform at the national level and keep up and have fun. I didn't want to just do it just to do it. I just wanted to make some money and win some races and have a lot of fun. Spoken like a true racer, Willie. Hey, man, you know um... – always kind of interested in like people's roots. I know your, your dad, Eddie was a, was a racer back in the, you know, the days of, uh, I guess we're Boyd's and tracks like that in Texas. A lot of our listeners, you know, may not be too hip to the, to the whole Texas scene. So maybe you can just take us back a little bit to like how your family got involved with racing and some of your early racing days and where you grew up riding and who were some of the fast guys, like when you were a little kid that you might've looked up to. Yeah. Uh, my dad, yeah. My dad used to race uh, Eddie McCoy. He kind of a funny story. Him and uh, Teddy Poovey, Teddy Poovey's older brother, they worked at a uh, bull taco shop together. And I don't know what got my dad out the track at first, but, um, he worked at a shop and started racing and, uh, you know, was hanging out with Teddy Poovey and other guys like that that were kind of doing flat track around here. So I think um, it was either that or scrambles. They didn't – I guess there was a little bit of motocross back then too. But, you know, so he kind of just got into it like that. And then um, my dad raced he, – he was an expert, not a national number. He did race some of the local races around here. And he didn't go to too many nationals. 
And that was, and then actually the track back here or back in the day was Ross Downs. My kids' track didn't come till eighty one, eighty two. When I was uh, after I started racing a few years. That's right. Yeah. So actually, so actually, I started the winter of seventy nine. Um, they were racing in a cow barn in uh, downtown Fort Worth. So I was I had a had had a brand new seventy nine YZ eighty. Pretty nice bike back in the day. <laughs> and so I did that, and then the next summer I was out at Ross Downs racing out there. And, Ross Jones was a track back in the day. I mean, Freddie Spencer was there, Mike Kidd. You know, if you, if you could come win at a Ross Downs race on a weekend, you were pretty badass because I guess, I mean, all the fast guys were out there. So I got to race out there for a few years. So we went out to Boyd, and, which was Mike Kidd's track, and we'd race every Saturday night out there. And we'd go to Devil's Bowl usually a couple times a year, which is uh, the race coming up this weekend. So that ought to be good. Oh man, we had Sammy Sweet on just, uh, was that the last episode or the one before that? But he was naming off all the Texas guys and it was, it's pretty competitive down there. At least it was, it was when you guys were, you know, coming up through the ranks. That's not, I guess it's not as deep now as it once was, but you guys had some stiff competition. What, what were those amateur ranks like? Like who were your rivals and how did that transition go from, you know, deciding you wanted to turn professional? and you know make a go at it at the at the top level well it's kind of funny that you asked that one that winter 79 when i started racing i'm in the 80 class it wasn't a beginner class it was just an 80 class and uh you guys know john kaczynski you know two or three time road race world super bike and world champion you know he was in the, i'm racing the class i'm racing an 80 class with him so i had guys like that that i had to follow and then um a lot of other local fast guys uh um, Ross Duncan, Dwayne Duval, Greg Duval, and Todd Haas, Jimmy Thompson. There, there was a lot of fast guys back then. Not not anybody else. Uh, but a few of those guys made it to the pro level, um, but didn't uh, didn't race much longer after they turned expert. What else did you ask me? My brain's going crazy right now thinking of all the stuff. <laughs> no, just w- <laughs> what made you decide you wanted to turn pro? Like at what point in your amateur career were you like? I mean, we have a lot of younger listeners, parents, and things like that. Like. When did it go from a hobby where racing for fun, you know, racing for, you know, with your friends and something to do to, all right, this is getting serious. I, I think I can turn pro and make some money doing this. You know, it was never really a plan. I always just wanted to race motorcycles. So, you know, I was just racing here every weekend and then turned 15, got my pro sport license or pro am or whatever it was. And then at 16, I my novice license and it's so like, let's go to Daytona and check it out. And, and I had a really, I had a really awesome year at Daytona. Um, that was uh, back then you had to race a scratch heat, a heat, a semi, and a main. Well, my first year to Daytona, I won everything, but I got Friday night was Jacksonville. I won my scratch heat, my heat, my semi, and I got second in the main to Tom Majeski. And then the next day at Barbersville, I won my scratch heat, heat, semi, and main. And the novice junior expert or, or the novice junior short track, I won everything that night too. You know, the scratch heat, heat, semi, and main. I was the only novice in the junior novice main which was kind of cool. So I got all my points my first year in Daytona. And then uh, I turned, turned junior right after that. Just, I think having uh, just success early on was fun. Just made it even more exciting, maybe more hungry, but I always just wanted to race motorcycles. I mean, yeah. And, and that you did, man. I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, you raced in five decades as a pro rider. I mean, your, your rookie year was like what? 88 or something like that. 88, 89. 
You raced in the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, the 10s. Is that four, five? bro. Four, four. Pretty close to four. five. Still badass. Yeah, it's still yeah. badass. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. That's no joke, man. I mean, that's a that's a long time to be at that level. You were a privateer, man. You, got, you, you built your own motorcycles. You went to the races in your van. When did you start, like, I know Kenny Tolbert kind of took you under his wing a little bit, but, like, I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that, you know, uh, man, I hate to say it, you know, that struggle changing the gear. And here's a guy that could build your own, you know, you can build your own XR motor, take it to a place like Springfield Mile and win the thing. So how did all that come about? You know, uh, when did that process start? Have you always worked on your own stuff? Well, I had to. I mean, I growing up as a kid, if I didn't help my dad get the bike ready for the races, I didn't go race. So, I mean, I had to and I had to learn. And and then, um, and then when I, I turned expert and we got my first Harley, you know, talk Kenny Talbert into building the engine for me, built the first engine. And he's like, all right, if you want to do this, you're going to have to learn how to do it. And, and so, uh, he took me under his wing and showed me how to do it. I had a place, you know, a workbench out here at his, out of his shop where I, that was my corner. And, you know, and to learn from him, the guy that I believe is, is one of the best, if not the best mechanic out there in the history of flat track. I mean, the guy's amazing. That stuff that he does, you know, so I got, so I got to learn from a guy like that and, uh, which made it easier, uh, building the Harleys because I think he's, his bike's from pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah. I, there's not many that are better than Tolbert. I don't think anybody's better than Tolbert, in my opinion. I think I think his consistency and what he's been able to do over the course of... I mean, he, he went from building fast Harley, you know, air-cooled Harley-Davidson, essentially vintage bikes at this point, to, uh, you know, liquid-cooled, computer-based, freaking Indian FTR 750, like, basically a MotoGP flat-track bike. So... You know, most guys are good with the older bikes. They struggle with the new bikes, and he can kind of do it all. So, um, big props to Kenny Tolbert. We're trying to get him on the show eventually, but, but yeah, no, I we talked about it before you came on. I don't know if this is a title that you're that you want, but I think you're the oldest. You're the oldest first time winner in flat track, right? How old were you when you won Springfield? Uh, forty-two, forty-three, maybe. Did you th- at that point? Did you? Th- ever think that win was going to come I, kn- I know you were close for for so long but i mean mid 30s you know then you get into your 40s you're like shit man i i don't know if this win's ever going to come like what what was that kind of experience like i want to talk about that a little bit i i never i never stopped thinking about it and then you know and that's the thing you know you talk you said something about the young kids and stuff listening and, and that's kind of what i ask him now i'm like what are your goals in racing i mean because you always now that you're older, think back to what you could have done different. And and for me, I, my goals in racing, I wanted to race motorcycles. I wanted to make a living. I wanted to win Springfield, and I wanted to have fun. I did all those. Yeah. You know, so I asked these guys now, I'm like, what's your plans? And, and you know, because I heard with Jared Meese, as a little kid, he said he's going to be Grand National Champ someday. I never said I'm going to be champ. I always thought, man, that'd be kind of cool. But it was never a goal. So I like, you know, I just like to point out that if you, if you want to be champ, well, say you're going to be champ and focus on that. I just thought it'd be cool to do that. I, I mean, I did everything I, mean, I wanted to do. You know, when Springfield would be cool. Yeah, it sucked. It took so long, but that's all right. I still had a lot of fun, and uh, and it, may, I mean, it meant a lot knowing that, you know, I had to work so hard to get there to get, you know, to finally do it. But and then I was able to back it up the next year was, you know, to just to kind of, I don't know, to win it once is awesome and twice is even better. You know, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, so, that, that, I don't know, it's that, just been fun. 
That was a cool moment, man, when you won. I tell you, I mean, you know, I'm not a huge, huge sports guy, so I can't relate to a lot of uh, great sports moments. I mean, I remember when Buster Douglas knocked out Mike Tyson, and I was jumping up and down when that happened. And I was jumping up and down the same way when Willie McCoy won the Springfield Mile, man. That was so cool to see happen. I mean, that that's like, dude, if there's a list of dirt track greatest wins i think that that goes right along your win goes right along that list uh just as good as any other win uh, in the history of the sport so i just want to say that man i thought that was really cool i know i'm not the only guy that thought that was really cool well but, uh, actually I, I, real quick sammy i wanted to bring up i remember on twitter when it after it happened nikki hayden actually tweeted um i think he like quote tweeted ama flat tracks um you know congratulating willie on his win and uh, I remember Nicky, you know, he's already a MotoGP world champion. He said, man, I wish I won the Springfield mile. So uh, that, right. I remember I remember Nicky tweeting that after uh, Willie won. I thought that was really cool. He sent me a message, too, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. I, Corey, I got a story for you. I always tell this story about your grandfather, which is awesome. Red Springfield, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of pitted over there by him. And, and another, here's another kind of cool fact. I raced with Shayna, I raced with Corey, and I raced with her dad. <laughs> How's that for an age? <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, so anyway, we're all standing around. It's after the races, Sunday night, the next weekend, Sacramento or something. Um, and Mr. Tex is sitting there with his Harley. You're like, man, you're going to ride that all the way out to California? It beats walking. <laughs> I just thought that was the coolest comeback. <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't worried about riding all the way to California. It's better than walking. Nah, he was in his 70s, cool. too, I think, at that point. He he rode his Harley all the way up until his, and he was 80-some years old. I, he rode it the year he passed away, man. he's uh, That guy was crazy. I Yeah, he'd just pack up and leave and ride to California. I was like, all right, <laughs> see you out there. Yeah, no, that's cool. Yep. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, actually, I wanted to talk, too, about you kind of mentioned my grandpa and Got me thinking of the, like the Harley days and things like that. But you're a two-time 883 national champion, and you know that's there were some good guys in that class when you raced it. And there's some really good uh, video footage on YouTube if you type it in. You can watch a lot of your old 883 wins, and you got a you got around on those bikes really fast. And we had Pat Maroney on just recently, and he was giving us all the secrets of what he would do to kind of cheat with his 883s and things like that. But what were those bikes like, man? I mean, everybody seemed to hate them except for Scott Stump. He loves them, but, I mean, you did really well on them. So talk about that bike a little when, bit. When the tracks were in good shape, they were fun to ride. You know, but it's the, the, the biggest issue with those things is it's a big, heavy motorcycle, and if you rode it like a 600 or like you were wanting to flick it around, it was going to flick you on your head. So you just had to be calmer and smoother. And, um, I mean, we still kind of rode them. It was a big, big street bike, but you know, what? even the stock tires are better than the race tires on the miles. Yeah. You mean mean with, uh, you mean the early days of the 883s with the, with the stock wheels, a small, man, (laughs) well, let's listen. You got a 16 inch tire on the back. We got a big old four, six inch wide contact patch and then you now you now, you, now we're putting on a, uh, a dirt track tire that's half the half the width not designed for that heavy of a motorcycle i was mad i was i wanted to the reason i went good on those things because dan Calkins and the dpc racing team they did an amazing job on it um and i told them that the last uh 
that year we could have used either or. I told them to leave the Avons on there because they would have been better. I wanted to leave them on there just to prove it and beat those guys, and I think I could have, but he put the Dunlops on there like everybody else. <laughs> hey, what about that, uh, you know, you talk about, you know, some of the old rides you had, man. Uh, back when Springfield was having 600 races, I mean, you won Springfield on a 600. Well, that thing was a rocket ship, that big banana yellow boat <laughs> tail section on the back of it. I mean, I'll have to – I have to throw a picture up uh, on Instagram and Facebook for our listeners so you can uh, picture what I'm talking about or know what I'm talking about. But that thing was hands down like the fastest Rotax I've ever seen. How fast was that thing? That thing was unbelievable. Phil Darcy built that bike, and it was Carl Clements, the guy who owned the bike, and he just wanted to have the coolest, fastest bike Rotax you could ever have. and. I think it was like almost 90 horsepower. It was insane. That thing, when you look at that picture, the, it was yellow, banana, banana, banana yellow. The the exhaust pipe underneath it was um, Chevy silver block orange. It had green and yellow zip ties. I'm like, Carl, that thing looks like crap. He goes, I know, ain't it cool? He just thought it was cool to make it kind of just crazy. But and it had an RS-125 uh, rear seat cowling on it. Is that what that thing was? Okay. I know yeah. it's huge, oh, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, we, we went to the, that guy was serious. We went to the wind tunnel on that bike. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense, man. I mean, it, it totally makes sense. You know, I, I thought that's, you know, when I seen that thing roll out, I'm like, man, that thing's hideous looking. But, you know, yeah. then I seen it go around the racetrack, and I'm like, holy shit, that thing's fast. <laughs> That thing was a <laughs> rocket ship, man. How many races at Springfield did you win on that? I mean, you beat you beat Nikki Nikki Hayden on that. I mean, I know uh, there's a picture of I think you and Brian Smith and uh, you know uh, was it Nikki that finished second or or Smith? You know, um, I don't remember if I think it was Nikki. I beat Nikki a couple times. Um, I won it the, won it the first time on the yellow banana. Then the next year I won it on the, his other bike. And then the next year, um, I won it on Chris Carr's 454. And then I won it on the 883s and twice on the 750. Yeah, that's a track, dude. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, that that Rotax is crazy fast. It, what happened to that thing? Where's it at now? It's still at, at Carl's shop in uh, Decatur, not far from where Kenny Talbert's shop is. He doesn't sell anything. He has everything he's ever owned. <laughs> His phone's going to be blowing probably, up. <laughs> he's got probably five or six Rotaxes. He's got probably I don't know a hundred or so bull tacos they're building back brand new, and he's got the drag racing bikes. When he was drag racing, he's, he doesn't sell anything. What um? I mean, this on our show we like to kind of get into some fun stuff and the nitty gritty of traveling and stuff like that. But who is the you know your traveling partners kind of during your pro ranks? Like, what were the guys you traveled with and? Who is the, your favorite and least favorite person to kind of go on a road trip with? <laughs> <laughs> that depends on which part. That... <laughs> it's, lo- it's loaded, my... baby. It's a loaded question. It's loaded. Yeah. Well, early on, my first year to Daytona, Scotty Adams took me down there. So I got to, you know, travel with some of the experts as a novice, which was cool. I traveled quite a bit with Terry Poovey because, you know, he's local guy and he's known me since I was a baby. Um, and then getting to travel with Kenny Talbert and, the, you know, with Chris Carl those years and then Joe Kopp a few years and then uh, Jared, you know, getting to work with Kenny as much as I have, it's been pretty amazing. And I owe him a lot of the credit. I wouldn't 
I probably wouldn't have been racing as long as I did without him, you know, to help me work on those Harleys and good sponsors like HD of Dallas and Dallas HD and then Wausau Harley. You know, they stuck with me for a long, long time. You know, the traveling thing with different people, it's crazy because there's, uh, you know, there's times all through my career I'd have different guys we're traveling with. There was times, you know, we'd have Scott Stump and Steve Asseltine and a whole bunch of other guys and, as well as you got, you guys both have vans, you know, the bottle rockets you can light them inside your van and stick them on the top of the ridge of the van and shoot them behind you in front of you pretty good. <laughs> oh man. Sorry. I was talking myself out of breath. <laughs> so, yeah. We, we've, there, all, we've all done this stuff like that. So. <laughs> yeah. There, there's plenty of crazy stories, but you know, you did say this is a, uh, a kid friendly show. I don't, I don't want to say anything to get anybody in trouble or. Ah, we're or PG 13. You should, you should have heard the Parker episode, man. That was, <laughs> That was that was pretty uh pretty, pretty you know gnarly. Yeah, so I think if I got any good stories to tell you guys that I should share on here, I don't know. Well, I'll try to think I, of something. How about this? I mean, everybody's been broke down and stranded, and I know you traveled out of time before cell phones. So you got any good stranded on the side of the road stories, and maybe somebody came and helped you get out of a jam? I mean, I got three flats at once in the middle of the desert. On my way to Lima one year, I was in Nevada, and I got I pulled over because I got a flat, and I went to change it, and I hear, and I, I, I look around, and I hear another, Psst. I'm like, holy shit, I got three flats at once. It <laughs> <Holy shit. laughs> sucked, you know? I mean, everybody's got a story yeah. like that. You got any of those? I got plenty of those. <laughs> probably, uh, probably one of the better ones is I was, I, we raced Hagerstown. And I, let me tell you the whole full story. So I ended up, I ended up riding, driving back with Kenny Talbert. And uh, we raced Hagerstown. And I have the shorts. I, I have my underwear that I raced in, some shorts, and just a dirty T-shirt hat on. And they stopped at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning at the rest area. Hey, anybody got to go to the bathroom? We were, we were on the east side of Lexington, Kentucky. No, we're good. I'm laying there. You know how it is. It's like, ah, maybe I better go. So I run into the bathroom real quick. I'm in there peeing. I'm standing there going, man, I hope she doesn't leave. I come back out, and there goes the box van down the highway. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, they'll notice me here in a minute. A couple hours, la- hours later, they don't notice me. Now I'm standing behind the stupid Coke machine because I'm freezing my ass off. And now the sun's coming up. They don't see me till the next – they don't know I'm gone till the next morning when they're in Texas. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Yeah, and so l- luckily this is this is this is uh, pre nine eleven, um, so I ended up flying to St. Louis and I rode over with Dan Calkins because I was supposed to go back and race to Cater, Illinois, and then fly home. But I'm like, if you know Kenny's been working his butt off, he helps me out so much that if he didn't have a, you know drivers to help him, I'm going to drive back and help him. Was the plan? Well, so now, now I don't have my wallet. I don't have anything on me. They're in Texas, so I find some dude that's in the military that's driving back in Nebraska to try to win his girlfriend back, and so he gives me a ride to the St. Louis airport. I tell him <laughs> my sad story. They find my name and see where there's a ticket online, or they saw, or in the computer they saw, you know, they saw everything, and so they let me on the plane with no ID, nothing, with just my word and my story. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, dude! I, I make it back. I make it back to Dallas, and then Kenny gets a hold of him. He's like, hey, man, you need a ride? I'm like, no, nope, I'm already home. <laughs> oh, so my God. For the, yeah, so for the next year at the racetrack, I'd walk by, hey, you need a ride? <laughs> no, I'm good. Hey, you need a ride? That's hey, hilarious. I made it, though. Dude. I made it. 
How did they not notice you were in the truck? They didn't ask. I was on the top. Well, I was on the top bunk of the, you know, the box truck. You got the couch on the bottom. They had a bunk at the top. Oh man. And I'm up there sleeping. They stopped the next morning to go through the get breakfast. I'm like, hey, get that breakfast up there to Willie. Looks up there to give it to me, and like, holy shit, he's not there, dude. I, I would have shit myself if I like if the guy wasn't there. Like, where'd he go? I would have not known where you went because that was a dude. That's all night. How long were no you behind? How long were you behind that Coke machine? <laughs> Two, three hours, four hours. I don't know. That's I amazing. mean, they left me there probably two o'clock in the morning, and then it was sun up whenever I got a ride. Dude, how things are different now? Because like you could have just t- called them, like you could have just called the cell phone. You know what I mean? Like things are so different. Yeah. We we love the old stories of like the pagers, like Scott Stump and Larry <laughs> Pegram were talking about their car phones and their pagers and shit like that. It's uh, uh yeah. it's just it's just crazy. That's crazy. Um, what uh, yeah, so. You know, it, things are a little bit different nowadays in the pro ranks. Everybody's real serious, and guys go to bed early. There's no, you know, drinking, you know, after the raid. Everyone's really serious now. It's not quite like it was when you guys, you know, I, I hear stories of Moorhead, Rodney, all those guys going out drinking all night and then uh, and then going and racing and winning nationals the next day. So uh, how was that? <laughs> What was that like for you? Were you a guy that kind of liked to socialize quite a bit the night before, or were you an early to bed, serious? Come on, Corey. <laughs> I've you heard the story, man. I'm feeding you. I'm feeding He's you. trying to ask nice. <laughs> I've heard I, the good yeah, went, stories, man. I went through different stages. I had my priorities weren't always in line. I mean, there was times. There was a time when I was a, I was an expert, didn't have a Harley, and I'm everybody was staying at Scott Stump's house and. And um, it was the day, night before Bellefontaine Half Mile. You probably rode there, haven't you? I, I, have. I never have, but I've been there. I've been there. Yeah. I was watching. It's pretty cool. <laughs> so, yeah. So we, we go the night before, we go. So, some friend of Scott Stumps, they had a party. So we go over there. Next thing you know, some cha- some guys challenged me to drink this big old pitcher of daiquiris. So, next thing you know, me and Kevin's passing it back and forth. Next thing you know, I'm puking my guts up that night, and he's pretty wasted. The next day, he goes out and wins the junior class, and I win the expert class, wasted, hungover, <laughs> which, is, which is all right. And there was a time, we, it was the night before Lima, and I'm watching Chris Carr and Scott Parker get so drunk and wasted. I think Kevin Swans is there because it was during the weekend of the Superbike. They end up paying the bartender still open even later. It's 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. I can't. I'm not, I'm not good enough to hang with those guys and go out and race the next day. But they were so wasted. They both. I think they battled one and two the next day. That's that's insane. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you race hungover, it's like I've talked about this with like Halbert back in the day. It's like battling through adversity. Like it just. I don't know. Like you're not you're not stressing so much about winning or losing. It's just like get through the day. And you actually race better when you're not stressed so much about it. I don't know. That's kind of what we thought, but it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. And then I wanted to uh, touch upon a little bit what you're doing nowadays. Like, are you still involved in, in racing at all? I mean, I haven't seen you at the track in a while, but do you follow the sport and kind of what are your thoughts on the way the season's kind of playing out? I do follow the races. Um, Right now, I'm just, I work for Tucker Power Sports. I'm uh, back supporting them and going around the shops here, helping them sell products. Um, I'll be out at the races this weekend. Come check it out. 
I, do it, I don't ride at all. Um, I, I rode uh, last year a little bit. I rode my 450 Honda, some of the buddies' track. I do miss it, but I don't miss all the hours and hours of working on the bike and, and all that. Um, uh, there's a there's a friend of mine that's just moving down from New York, um, Cooper Smith. He's on. I got a 65. He's kind of just started racing the last couple of years, and um, I'm excited to kind of work with him and try to help him become a, a flat track superstar if that's what he wants to be someday. And I don't know. I, I like whatever. Uh, I like talking to you guys that are you know just ask for advice or different things or for something I think I could uh, share with you that could hopefully help you avoid a. A bad situation, or uh, learn from my, learn my, learn from my mistakes. Don't don't always have to make your own. Just talk to the other guys and listen to lots of people. Make your best judgment. You you know and really bad one. No, no, hey man. You know, I just want to ask you real quick. You know, obviously, like I said, the show's called Tank Slap, and so we like to talk about like off the cuff stuff a little bit. We heard a lot about. I mean, I would imagine Springfield would have to be like your favorite track. I mean, I would think since you done so well there on uh, so many different motorcycles is there a track that you absolutely hated mm, hated or just like god um, i hate this place like ah like i don't know is there anything it, it doesn't even have to be on uh, a national level but here well you know i i could never say man i hate you hate this track i'm gonna because the track it is what it is it might not be my favorite, but I never wanted to hate it and complain and just focus on the negative because you have two choices, shut up and ride or don't ride. And it's the bottom line. If you're worried about how bad the track sucks, oh, man, this is going to shut up and whine. Stop whining, don't ride, or, or just get it on a go. Um, um, I mean, there was times the track was in just bad shape that I, it wasn't as comfortable to ride it. But as far as hating it, I mean, there's been times at Del Mar the track was like, holy shit, this place is rougher than hell. But then there was times at Del Mar where I felt good, where, you know, I'd run it through those holes just laughing and smiling. And so it just, it all depends. I don't, I, I don't, I can't say there's one track that I hated going to. Fair. I, I hate Peoria, so <laughs> that's where I'm at. <laughs> I, I, broke, I broke my first bone over, over that jump in Peoria my rookie year. And then I... <laughs> I, and I've, I've gotten fourth in, my, in the 600 or in the national before. I've got third on the 600 national before. So, I mean, I've gone good there. Yeah. Um, but I've busted my ass there a few times, too. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like, a lot of my best races, like, I think my my first podium, it was, uh, well, I know, it was Arizona Mile. And everyone's like, oh, you like that track? I'm like, no, I fucking hated that track. <laughs> but uh, I did <laughs> I did good. I don't mean I like the track. So, yeah, it's it's right. it's kind of like one of those deals. But um yeah the last segment we do is is a higher low line we kind of ask you uh this or that type question and pick one or the other with maybe uh i don't know one sentence or two explanation but our first one right. we got two two texas legends um who you going with bubba schobert or mike kidd <laughs> these are tough wow, bro these aren't easy yeah that's if i didn't if i didn't like either one of them it'd be easy but i they both know me my whole life, so wow, that's. Um... <laughs> We're gonna send this to both of them as well, so. Choose. That's fine. <laughs> no, that's fine. I see. I see Mike. Mike probably more often. He's closer, um, but I'll probably, I'll probably see him both this weekend. Uh, wow, that's that is a tough one. Um, I don't know if I could pick. All right, who's the? I got. I'll change it around. Who's if if Texas? Um, 
if there is a face of Texas flat track all time, Mount Rushmore, they have a spot saved for a Texan flat tracker. Who who's that guy? Who's going on the on the Rushmore? And see, that's hard too because it would kind of be between one of those two guys. I mean, Bubba as a as a you know flat track champ and road race champion. Mike Kidd, I mean, was a dirt track champ, and then he's been a promoter and, and built tracks and you know that I grew up racing out of my whole life. So it's kind of. All right, we'll let you off the hook. How about this? We'll keep it Texas, though. We'll keep it Texas. (laughs) Colin Edwards, Colin Edwards, or Ben Spees? Um, I know Colin better. I don't know. I mean, I've talked to Ben a few times. I don't know him as well as I know Colin. So I'd say Colin. All right. Um. All right, I got one. These Sammy helped me with these tonight. So this is a good one. Would you rather ride five laps at Lima with no tear offs? Or ride an entire day at the racetrack with a broken chest zipper on your leathers. Well, the no tear off thing—that's just part of race. I mean, back in the day, you could only get probably ten to twelve on there. Just hold shot, you know how right? How many times you guys? Yeah, well, that's incentive. Yeah, that. Would, that yeah. <laughs> it still didn't always work. Um, <laughs> broken chest zippers suck, though. I've had a few of those, and it's 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 so yeah. annoying. That would really suck at okay. Lima, though. How about no tear-offs or a broken collarbone? Uh, no tear-offs, for sure. I get good starts, typically. Yeah. So I, it's, it's just incentive for me to just get out front, <laughs> especially on a cushion. Yep. Not even the tear-off thing, but just the roost. People don't get, like, how bad the mm-hmm. roost freaking hurts on some of those cushion tracks. It is god-awful. Yep. And... It, it, there's so much incentive to qualify good and get a good start strictly because that shit hurts. So, yeah. Yep. Have to go oh, yeah. It's, it's, people, yeah, people don't understand how much that spray, like, like I've told them, it almost knocks you off their bike and almost stalls the engine sometimes. It's spraying you down so heavy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It does. Yep. It does. It, it slows you down. Like, it's it crazy. Literally, it, it, could, it could hit your leg and slow you down. <laughs> it's like... It's yep. insane. Uh, all right, how about this? It just this is a fun one. Uh, would you rather have all your T-shirts be two sizes too big, or one size too small? Two sizes too big. I can't. I can't have the skinny boy shirt where my belly's squeezing on me. I can't. I hate that. I hate. I hate most of the shirts these days are skinny, narrow, and long. Hang down to your knees. I hate them. <laughs> yeah i'm like I, i'm an awkward size for sure it's like i'm i'm in between a small and a medium all the time and a small is always way too small and a medium is always way too big but i'd probably go two sizes too big sammy what are you doing i'm are just cracking up man I, I would go too i would go too small because too big on me you, you know how long my legs are or should i say how short my <laughs> legs are oh you would not see my pants man it'd be down to my ankles <laughs> You just want your arms to look jacked, so you just tighten I, up the I sleeve. would. I'd look all buff. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right. Uh, this is another, another Texas question for you. A barbecue man in Texas. You go on beef or pork? <laughs> I'm going to go Mexican food any day. Oh, Sammy's <laughs> eyes lit up oh, on that. They, they did. All right. All right. You go to a Mexican <laughs> restaurant. What's your order, man? What's your order? What do you got? Usually cheese enchilada and a taco or enchiladas, sometimes fajitas, nachos. Enchilada. I ate Mexican food. What's, oh, I, didn't eat, I, didn't eat, I didn't eat tacos today. I had some chicken strips. But I'll have Mexican food two or three times this week, I'm sure. Chips and salsa. 
Nice, nice. Yeah. I knew you were cool, but, but now you just got elevated, Willie. You just elevated in my book. And the hotter, the better. Yeah. All right, we'll do one more, man. One more. I got I got one for you. Uh, 2020 AFT Twins Super Twins champion, Jared Meese or Briar Bauman? How many more races are left? Eight. Eight? Who's starting points? It's pretty. It's pretty big gap. I think it's like forty points back to third. Oh, but I. On, who is third? I'll, I'll, is Sammy? I'm going to bring it up right now. Here we go. Okay. Uh, okay. Briar's got 169. Jared's in second with 164. And then you got Halbert in third with 123. Hmm. Hmm. With eight races to go. Eight. Okay. I'm going to pick Sammy. Woo! Oh. Let's, just, let's just get some excitement going. I'm a, I'm a Jared fan. I'm a Briar fan. I mean, obviously with Kenny as much as he's helped me, you know, um, I know how hard they work. I know how, to, you know, I know how hard all those guys are trying. So I don't know. Let's just, I mean, what a, what a shocker if Sammy could pull it off. I mean, he just won Springfield. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Then, he looked good at Williams group too. He's having a good was- year. I wonder what those odds would be in Vegas. Like, you Man, know, you'd make some bang probably, for sure, I think. They'd probably be pretty high, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could, yeah, you'd be in good shape for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> nah, man, we appreciate it. Have you listened to any of the other shows we've done? or? I have. Yeah, I, li- I was listening to, uh, yeah, I've listened to a couple of them. I was listening to the Bostrom one whenever he was he was telling the Stanley story at Castle Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Don't remind that me. Awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. But it's funny when you hear that. Then you start. Then your mind goes crazy of all the crazy stories that are out there. That's like, man. Oh, there's so it many. Be, it would be so cool to write a book, but how could you write a book without getting people in trouble or causing problems or making people think <laughs> bad about people and. And that's all what it would be about. It's just sharing cool stories. Yeah. There should be an anonymous flat track chronicles, like some sort of the van chronicles, the white van chronicles, flat track stories, <laughs> just like all anonymous stories. They'd be, you could, but everybody would know who each one is pretty, pretty easily. Probably. There's some uh, insane stories out there. It's <laughs> so bad. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I got plenty of I can tell you, but I don't think this is a place to do it. Yeah, well, I'll see you this weekend, man. You can yeah. I'll have to swing it, swing by, and uh, we'll have to, I want to hear some of the good ones. I heard you're a legend. But I'm not like, a le- I'll put it. I'll put it that I heard you're a legend, like a legend to go out drinking with back in the day. So maybe if you want to get in trouble. <laughs> yep. <laughs> want to have a good time, man. <laughs> nah, well, we not anymore. I'm, I'm old too, dude. It's different. It's different when you get older, for sure. I mean, back back when I was younger. Older. It was, yeah, what do you mean older. you're old too? I'm not old. You can think you're old all you want. Hey man, when Roxy Rockwood interviews you in a winter circle, you're old. Willie, has Roxy Rockwood interviewed you in a winter circle? Yep. Hey, you know what's cool about that though? Uh, wait, let me. There's, there's two things that. So I raced the night before with Jeff, with Jacksonville. You know, wake up Saturday morning, there's snow on the ground. I'm like, holy shit, it snows in Florida. I saw it. So then we go to then we go to the the Bush half mile. Well, the Friday night I get second my first pro race. And I'm hanging out with Scotty Adams. I had some I had some beers. 
had a little fun. It was cool. And then we go race Volusia, and I win the Bush Half Mile. And Roxy Rock was interviewing. He's like, hey, well, now that you won the Bush Half Mile, you can have your first Bush. I said, I did that last night. So <laughs> 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 it was cool. But, but uh, it was pretty cool getting interviewed by Roxy. You know, just that's the thing when I realized how long I've raced. I mean, I was racing professional when, when Rick Johnson and – and Jeff Stanton and then all those guys and Mag- before McGrath was racing and then McGrath wins all those championships. And then it's, you know, Mark Carmichael and the list Stewart, goes on of all these yeah. motocross champs, Stewart. And I'm going, man, I was racing before those guys turned pro. And so I don't know. It's, I was blessed to get to race such a long time. Um, and when it was, when I was done, I was done. I knew it was time and I made the right decision and, and I feel good about it. And, then I let Nicole, I let Nicole ride my bike at Springfield that year, and he, she wins the heat race, and that was pretty exciting. And would have maybe done more of that, but they don't make parts for them, and I don't want to work that hard anymore. Yeah. You still have your XRs? Yep. Yep, I got both of them. Mm-hmm. One's, uh, one, one you could – I had people asking about Barnett for this weekend, but that's my 401K. <laughs> and, if, and if somebody cartwheels it, that means I got to fix it. And if you can't find parts for it, then, it, then you, I mean, there's no parts for me anymore. Yeah. Well, I know cool Beth wrote it too at the X games, not too many years back. Right. Yep. Cause yeah. the only Texan uh, didn't get invited to the uh, X games in Texas. No, I thought you did. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I remember you nope. telling me that. Yep. Yep. Damn. That's when um, I, I forgot to, what his name was that was kind of running. He's like, well, I, we, we just we took the top 20 in points. He said, no, you didn't because I'm 14th in points right now. Oh, well, uh, 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 whatever, asshole. I know you don't like me. I don't like you either. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. And then, and then, cool, and then rides, rides my bike, and he goes out and blows both my discs before the halfway flags. And now I had sandwich for breakfast bowl rear brake discs. <laughs> Oh, he's not hard on the brakes. Cool, Beth. No, he's... Man. <laughs> Some of them guys, it, hey, it's whatever works. I mean, I yeah. can't say nothing about it. They, they beat my ass a whole bunch of times, and I can't ride like that. Yeah, yeah. man. I tell you uh, what, those yeah. things are going up in price. I've seen one listed for today. I mean, granted, it's a nice one, but still, forty grand. Who's was an, that? Uh, you know, I don't know who owns it, but it was a... Uh, Built by Carl Patrick. I, I think it was one of Lynch's old bikes. Uh, oh, okay. got, it's got his number plates on it, whatever. I don't know the whole deal. I just seen it. Somebody posted it. It's posted on eBay right now. It's like 40 grand. I'm like, holy crap, 40 I grand. I still got mine. Could, yep. I mean, you couldn't build one for 40 grand, brand new. Yeah. And I'd never sell you know? mine. Mine's just going to, my dad and grandpa built mine, man. It's just going to be right. a really expensive coat hanger. It's just chilling. So. Maybe maybe one day I, I'd like I'd like to get it back together and running good and maybe let my boy just ride it somewhere just so he could ride it too. But eh, got time to yeah. think about that. So no, I, I got both mine. Mine the one I blew up at at Decoin's still apart, but my other one, my other bike's a good bike. That's the one that Nicole rode it, and then uh, and then uh, Jared Bard take to the West Coast and actually Springer rode it at Sacramento. Jared had to ride it in the in the last qualifier because they were having issues. So you, you use that bike to make it in the main event, okay. or know to get qualified. Um, yeah, so it's got a lot of yeah. That's the well, same bike I let Kevin Al- Kevin Alton ride at Springfield when he blew everything up and he oh yeah I remember that back row the semi and then he did the same thing in the main event until he got tired. 
Yep, I remember that. Yeah. Third, third row to first. He was leading it for a lap or two. I remember that. That was awesome. Yep. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. So that oh, bike's got... ready to go if somebody wants it. <laughs> oh, they're, they're listening, man. Yeah. You might get some calls. Those things Call are me. gold. Call them. Come on. We'll I, get you with all these numbers. I got a lot of parts. I got lots of parts. That's, that's my 401k. So if you need some XR parts, call me or send me a message on Facebook. Your phone is going to be blowing up, man. Love you it. should have never said that, Willie. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Facebook, they can message him. If you got money, call me. <laughs> okay. Well, one more question, man. We'll let you go. We appreciate the time. But um, we talked a little bit about it already, but the flat track Mount Rushmore, we like to debate it a little bit, but you're picking four guys, four guys for the mountain, all-time, I don't know, all-time flat track achievements. Who are, who are your four guys you're putting on the mountain? Wow. Um, all time. All time. I mean, like uh, Joe Leonard days up till, you know, today. All right. I mean, because, you know, Russ Weber, he was the first four time champ and Texan. Um, so this is everybody or just Texas flat track? No, everybody. Everybody, everybody that's ever done okay. it. Top four guy. I mean, uh, you're four Rushmore guys. Okay. Probably Russ Weber. Um, Parker, it's probably gonna it's probably gonna be Jared. He's gonna keep on winning, and uh, Chris and Springer, if you could put six up there, <laughs> <laughs> throw them all up there. <laughs> yeah, the track Mount Rushmore has got to have like nine guys. Yeah, <laughs> and people. Yeah, and I can be good on top of them. <laughs> that that's the spirit. That's the Willie McCoy. I yeah, know. yeah, Love it. that's right. Well, we appreciate it again, man. I, I'm looking forward to seeing the, seeing you this weekend in your home state, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited to race this to race this track too, man. I've seen some videos; it looks really cool. So uh, we'll see you this weekend. It's a cool track. It's it's kind of one thing that kind of makes it different is um, when you go into turn one. It coming off coming out of turn two, you're going to be going uphill. The back straightaways, I forget how much higher than the front straightaway, and you can bury it off in a turn three, man. It's a it's a fun track. Cool. So it's it'll definitely. Uh, the weather's cool right now. It's, it's 70 degrees right now. Normally, it's 170 degrees. It's going to be in the 80s this week, so awesome. it's going to be good weather. Track ought to be fast. Good, good. That's what, that's what I like to hear. I like it. Cool. Whatever the track is, you got to ride it, so it don't matter. Just get it on. I know. I know. I I try and remind myself that all the time. It's, it, it, it is what it is. We, we can't change the racetrack and uh, the end result. It's, it's still the end result, so you gotta got to figure out a way to get the job done. Yep. Yeah. Just get it on. Get it on. Well, I'll see you in a few days, man. Thanks again. I know the fans will appreciate it and chat with you down there. Oh, yeah. We'll have to talk another time and we could tell other crazy stories. I just don't have any good ones right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds, Sounds good, good, Willie. Sounds good, man. All right. See you later. Bye. Later. Willie McCoy. That was awesome. Man, good national good number dude. for national number for 27 years. Yeah. That's a, that's a long time. I mean, when he turned, what is he, he said his rookie year was 88. I was yeah. like a year old, not even a year old when he, I was about a couple months old, probably. That's crazy. Yeah. 27 years. That guy was the national number. That's a long run. I mean, there's not many guys that, 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 uh, can beat that stat. I don't know. I mean, Ronnie record, Jones, man. but I, well, I think Ronnie and then, uh, Terry Poovey had a national number for a really long time as well as Steve Moorhead. 
Uh, yeah, I'd have to. We'd have to look into that. That's a Burt question. He knows it off the top of his head for sure. But um, yeah, man, Willie, dude, he's he's one of the one of the guys, man. Just like I said, two time eight eighty three champion, well, uh, two time Springfield Mile champion, won a lot of six hundred nationals. You guys talked about and still competitive, man. Until pretty much he the race he retired. He was in the dash for cash. So uh, that's that's it's really cool, man. That guy's done a lot of cool shit over the years, but. Yeah, man. Talk about uh, I guess talk about Texas this weekend. Bring bring Carter on and chat with Carter a little bit about Texas and what are your guys' thoughts on the upcoming weekend? I've never been to this track. I have I have no idea. I watched the uh, World Outlaws there last weekend. That's the first time I've seen the track. It like like uh, like Willie was saying, it looks racy as hell. So you got you boys are gonna go fast this weekend, I think. Yeah, I think it's gonna. I mean, I'm kind of excited. Uh... You know, if I had to pick, uh, you know, out of Texas racetracks, I don't think it's a bad one to go to. So, um, you know, been there a long time ago, and uh, man, I, I can't. Oh, so you've been there? I've never, I've never even been. I've never yeah, been. you know, it's been a long time though since they ran anything there. But um, I, you know, I, to be honest with you, I, I think it's the same racetrack. You know, sometimes racetracks change; they put different, you know, clay or dirt or whatever down. So I don't know if it's uh Maybe I got to start YouTubing some videos of it. I, I hope it's the same racetrack because it was cool then. So I would imagine it's going to be cool now. Yeah, I've seen some pictures of it. It looks really cool. It looks like that typical gray Texas dirt. And I really liked Texas Motor Speedway. I always thought that track was – it kind of sucked when we would start the day out. It would be kind of inconsistent and shitty, but then it would get really fast. But I know Texas Motor Speedway, they, they don't really race anything on that track all year so they don't really take the best care of it from what i hear and devil's bowl i heard i heard is the opposite they take really good care of that racetrack because they have events there and like carter said they had the world of outlaws and talking with jerry stinchfield he lives nearby and sponsor of the event many of the riders he a sponsor of our podcast he he said it's a pretty cool racetrack so i'm looking forward to it i'm not too amped up on the 20 hour drive i'm about to partake in but I, you know, I, I could fly, but I'm not, I'm not big on the whole flying thing, dude. I'd rather just drive. So I've been doing I gotta it. say, man, I'm flying this weekend and I'm looking forward to it. Big dog. <laughs> I've been doing Players it. It's not past... always like that. It's not always like that. Yeah. I've been Players doing it the past plan. few weekends, dude. It's really not as bad as I thought it would be. And if you do it, fly Delta, they're legit. And I know you'd appreciate what Delta does, Corey, because they give you, but they give you a bag with a little sanitization thing. When you walk on the plane, they're giving you wipes. It's it's pretty legit, and they space it out. Everywhere else, it's kind of like free for all, so you might not feel. As Do you want to know how many years it's been since I've flown? Like Se- the seven? last, probably twenty. What? No. I haven't flown in twenty years. Uh-huh. I haven't flown in an airplane since I started racing motorcycles. Why? I just how I, I I I hate flying, man. I don't I don't want any parts of it. Like, uh, is it the contained space? I don't space? like is it, anything about it. Is it is it contained space? Is it a recycled Close air? Spaces, is it the not being able to fly the plane myself? I'm not in control <laughs> of uh, what what the hell the pilot's doing. I don't know if he's hungover or Fair. accidentally pushes the wrong button and the plane fucking shoots up in the sky eighty thousand feet. I don't. I don't. Uh, I, I just don't know what's going on. My ears are popping and shit. I just, I'm just, that turbulence is not cool, dude. <laughs> the turbulence is not cool. I don't like that. The plane just drops and up and down. Like, dude, I, I'm not into it. So, I, I need to. I need to start flying because I think when I'm done racing, 
if I get a job in the industry, I'm going to have to start flying places, but better, better pop, pop some, some pills or something to relax <laughs> me. Cause that's not my thing. I, I tell you what, when it comes to flying, I mean, I love driving. I love driving cross country. I have no problem hopping in a van right now and driving anywhere, anywhere the van could go. I'll, I'll do it. But, uh, you know, especially if it's 10 hours or less of a drive, it's almost the same to fly it as it is to drive it. Like yep. time you go to the airport early yep. and you do this and do that. So, but I'll tell you what, like I said, Texas is a, is a hike. It's a, uh, you said 20 hours, Corey. Dude, yeah. you're like the driver though. What, what's I, your, that's your job. I know. I know. Well, that's why I said this is a special occasion, man. I'm flying. What are you going to do at the racetrack? And watch. <laughs> instagram videos uh, instagram videos no <laughs> yeah no uh Why are you flying everybody's flying we're all flying uh johnny goat's taking everything down for us so oh uh, yeah so it'll be nice we're all flying man we're i don't know what factory rider uh, it's just a, it's just this one time man i flew once last year i think maybe twice once or twice no, I flew twice. I flew to Minnesota. Dude, and they're having a good season. Let them, let them fly and be okay. have a good weekend. Come on, it's, it'll be fun. All right, take a picture <laughs> of your feet dangling from the seat when you're on the plane. <laughs> I'll just watch That's the Insta stories. I'll, I'll, I'm going to do the whole thing. <laughs> Same way I do at the races. That's good uh, stuff. I love it. Yeah, uh, we, uh, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. We did uh, Chris Kleinfelder Memorial Race up at bumfuck wherever the hell coview speedway man it was in the boonies um pretty pretty cool pretty cool racetrack man it was it was fun mike poe put it on he did a a really good job with everything and a lot of guys showed up so i had a i had a pretty good time sammy without i feel like you worked more on my bike at the local race and you do in a week of you know a couple of weeks at the nationals on varnes's bikes man we were we were digging <laughs> i don't know about that man i'm pretty busy at a at an aft race you know get my hands dirty but yeah yeah man a little bit uh try man he was struggling Corey was struggling and complaining and so uh <laughs> i had to put some touches on that thing for him i saw ultimately did the motorcycle get better it was better it did get better. Right. there you go i saw you guys like texting back and forth before i guess you got to the track and it did seem like Corey needed some uh some help there so it's cool that well you i was racing and then i have travis horn here he's a 12 year old kid fast kid from california that i'm mentor mentoring and helping him out and i'm like parked on top of the hill the racetrack is down at the bottom of the hill i sprinted up and down that hill quarter mile hill probably man easily 20 times throughout day this one guy i don't know who he was but at the top of the hill because i you have to um remote start my framer there's no kicker obviously or anything so i'd always leave my starter up at the top and i'd shut it off so i could watch travis and then push the bike up the hill it sucked it was awful but there's this old guy and he was pitted next to me and every time i'd push the bike up he'd be like why are you pushing it when you could just ride it? I'm like, I can't ride it, asshole. I can't start it. It's this guy every time, like <laughs> he would say the same thing. You know, it'd be a lot easier if you if you rode the bike up the hill. Ha ha ha. And I'm just like, dude, this guy, like, I'm gonna kick his bike over. <laughs> it's fantastic. Hey, if if that guy's listening, uh, send me a direct message and I'll give you Corey's phone number and you can just text him that every week. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, don't don't text me, dude. You were super <laughs> annoying at the race and I don't want to talk to you. Um, no, I'm just kidding. It was it was pretty funny. How did uh, yeah, same? How did Chambers do? Sorry. Oh, Chambers. He did, dude. It's kind of funny with Chambers because he he did pretty good. So our heat race, it was me, Dan Bromley, 
and this other fast local kid actually who finished second to me in our heat race colton smith he's a pro rider he races pro too so you have three pro riders and then noah i think finished fourth in our heat race out of eight guys which is pretty good he didn't make the main event but yeah they only took top two but he did pretty well i mean he lost to two guys that have won aft championships and he comes in the pit I'm, i come up and he comes in throw he uh throws his goggles down he, he's He's just pissed off, sits in his van, and just just hating the world. I'm like, bro, relax. Like, you you got four. That's not in. You know, there's some good guys that beat you. You you haven't flat you flat tracked once, like twice in your life. I, he just expects so much more out of himself. I caught that video that one time when where were we? Ocala. <laughs> that was raw. That was funny as hell. Though. I can totally he, picture him doing that. Yeah. So bad. He did all right though. He bounced though. He he left right after he uh, didn't make the main because he had a motocross uh, pro am race yesterday. So he he bounced out. But no, it was good, man. It, the track was fun. I I didn't do as well as I would have liked. The main event was shortened because it was getting late. It was getting late at night. So I think we only had like an eight lap main event. I was in the back row and I was able to get up. Was it fourth or I think fourth or fifth. Uh, something like that we were making up time honestly i I think we could have been on the front row if we would have did better in our heat we could probably could have had a shot at it but no it was it was fun man i got to ride and hang out with sammy and some other guys we met some hooligan guys that they let us use their generator and a lot of their tools because we were a big tire warmer operation trying to warm the tires dude we were digging we're like (laughs) a pound of air pressure here a click there just trying to trying to find something and changing offsets man doing yeah. changing gears <laughs> do hitting clickers you know suspension we did it pretty was much mad. It was mad we did a lot a lot a lot actually i had a big now that I think about it big front end tuck problem i would just go into the corner and the front end would just like fold and just drive me off the track i'm like dude i don't know what's going on but the hooligan guys helped us out i think jensen one of the guys' last name was Jensen, and yeah, Matt Jensen, man, let us work out of his uh, his generator for sure. So that was cool. Yeah, sure. <laughs> out of his van with his generator, should I say? And they all listened to Tanks Lavin, man. What was the uh, Instagram? I saw a beer gut, or what was his? What's yeah, his name? yeah, beer gut, man. He's a cool gut. guy. He hooked me yeah, up with a sticker. Gut. Yeah, you know, I'm a I'm a sucker for stickers, so. Yeah, I got to meet him, you know, all these Instagram guys you don't get to meet too often, you know, so it was cool to meet Beer Gut and, uh, you know, Matt Jensen, man, that guy goes all over the place. I met him actually down at uh, Traveler's Rest, I think, and then, like... They're all I, from Milwaukee or something. Yeah, there's, like, I don't know, they're, like, Milwaukee. There's all three sudden, of them, I think. There's so many guys from Milwaukee all of a sudden, you know, this, this hooligan thing. It's, like, I don't know what it is. It's, like... Flint, Michigan with flat trackers. It's like Milwaukee. What do you mean you don't know what it is? Milwaukee. That's well, yeah, Harley. but you know, it's like Harleys, bro. I mean, Ten years ago, there was no flat trackers. Like, I don't from get Milwaukee. it. There's only surfers in Huntington Beach. I don't get it. Like, why are all these surfers here? <laughs> but ten years ago, how many flat trackers did you know from Milwaukee? Uh yeah, yeah. You see what yeah. I mean? All of a sudden, man, there's like yeah. they're out of the woodwork. They're everywhere. Yeah. Go to a Pennsylvania race. There's more guys from Milwaukee than PA. You go to, you know, it's like what? <laughs> yeah. Well, shout out to those guys. That was cool to talk with them. Uh, a lot of people have come up and yeah, I really like the Bostrom episode. Or I really like the Pat Maroney story. Like, dude, it's it's so rad talking with people. Like, guy just stopped at my house today to pick up bikes for uh, Travis Horn to take back to California. His name's Jim, and 
He was telling me about like different parts. He's like, is this the famous lawnmower that you were talking about in the podcast with Shana? I was like, dude, that is the lawnmower right there. Don't touch it, but you can look. <laughs> so it's, it's just funny, it man. Up. <laughs> yeah, and everybody, like I said, Noah still is famous. He's famous from the from our pods. Just we gotta call Noah, man. We gotta get him on. I know we're short on time tonight, but we'll we'll check in with Noah here in the near future and. Uh, next week we'll call Noah and talk about his uh, his his flat track endeavors, try and get him get him back back in the flat track game. But um, yeah, I want to just shout out our sponsors again. They make it happen. Um, Bell Power Sports. Check out Bell uh, check out bellhelmets.com to view their full line of products. Those guys at, at Bell Helmets really really work hard and they have a great product. The quality and safety is unmatched. The Bell Race Star Flex is the helmet that I wear and many other guys in the Pro Flat Track series. So check them out, bellhelmets.com. Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas. We talked about Jerry a little bit in the podcast tonight, but we're headed to his hometown-ish. Um, commercial, and roofing, uh, commercial and industrial roofing company. Nearly 40 years of experience, commercialroofsystems.net. Also, shout out Dunlop Tire, the official tire of the American Flat Track series. To find your nearest dealer and get some tires, DunlopMotorcycleTires.com. They have the DT3 and DT4 available. So the old model and the new model, you can get both of those. Just check out your nearest dealer. TT Moto Gear is the guys uh, that come to our races, and and they're our suppliers. So TT Moto Gear, they can ship you tires. And Moto America Series, Sammy. We had uh, another race this past weekend at Barber. Uh, Moto America is the official AMA road racing series in the USA, led by 190 mile an hour super bikes. To watch the action, buy the Moto America Plus Live, the Live Plus package on their website. And there was some phenomenal racing at Barber. It was, Cameron Bobier is on fire. That guy's just dominating. It's really cool what he's doing, and uh, he's a he's a friend of mine. And and I also want to give a shout out. Actually, it's not Moto America, but Garrett Gerloff grabbed a podium in the World Superbike. Man, it was super super awesome it's the first world superbike podium since Nikki hayden i think in 2015 or 16 i'd have to check the it's been a while and gerloff grabbed the podium so uh chas davies actually a buddy of mine from australia he grabbed the uh grabbed the win i think he's from australia but yeah chas is a good guy and yeah so back back to Mo- the moto america stuff man it, it's awesome live superbike on fox sports live super sport on mav tv it's been really, really cool seeing those guys battle battled out this year and, and check them out on Instagram. They do a lot, a lot of cool things. So yeah, it's, uh, it's on baby this weekend. Finally get back at it a weekend off and back to the grind. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a brutal, was it four weeks, four weeks. right? Four, four weeks back weeks, and back and back races. eight races. It's like, yep. man, the season still has a long way to go. But it's only it's gonna end in a month. It's kind of weird. It's like yeah. long and short at the same time. Kind of like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Long, yeah. Got it, it, long, got it, dude. Got you gotta it, end on that note. You gotta end the show on that note. Yeah, that can't be. <laughs> All right, guys. We appreciate you tuning in. Hit us up, social media. Drop us a review. All that good stuff. That's it, baby. See you this weekend if you're going to Dallas. Peace. See ya.